You know, Christmas is a, is a great time, and it just goes so quickly. It goes so quickly. I think before my parents were born again, they were taking us to church. It was almost tradition to go to church. And so I was brought up on it, and I, I don't know how I would fear on a Christmas day if I didn't go to church. <laughs> so early this morning when the musos were here and the set-up people were here and Sally and I were here, I was thinking, man, this is a benefit for Paul. <laughs> you know, all these people have come to set up just for me. So I'm really thankful you guys came <laughs> because it's really important to be in the house on Christmas Day, I believe. And I thank you for coming. I'm just going to start with a video, just a video clip that our media team's going to play and then we'll just... Give a brief message. Thank you. There is peace in Christ when we learn of Him. Feel the love He felt for us when He bore our sin. Listen to his words, let them come alive. If we know him as he is, there is peace in Christ. He gives us hope when hope is gone. He gives us strength when we can't go on. He gives us shelter. Storms of life when there's no peace on earth, there is peace in Christ. There is peace in Christ when we walk with Him through the streets of Galilee. the tear-filled eyes when we live the way he lived there is peace in Christ he gives us hope when hope is gone he gives us strength when we can't go on he gives us shelter in the storms of life Lazarus, come forth. Storms of life when there's no peace. 
my message <laughs> Frank I'm oh, sorry I've got a few pages to go Frank <laughs> you recognize some of the stories there out of the scriptures of course and that's us in that narrative there one in some way or form so I just want to just go through and bring that out because it's one of the greatest gifts that we received at Christmas time. You know, there is a saying, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And at Christmas, those that celebrate Jesus' birth love giving gifts. And you know, the two greatest commandments actually are brought to the fore at Christmas time. If you think about it, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. We get a chance all year to love God, but especially at Christmas time, and we get a chance all year to love others but especially at Christmas. Christmas time and the Christmas services come and go so quickly, but it's a good time to not only reflect on the greatest gift ever given to mankind, but also on the gems God shares with us, us through these events. It's always delightful to see children reenacting. Anybody who's here on Sunday, wasn't it great to see the kids up here? I mean... Nativity pantomimes have been going for many years, as I mentioned the other Sunday, since about 1253. That's when the first nativity scene was put together with real people and real animals. And every time it's different, but kids just make it, don't they? They just make it. And even uh, when angels, as their mother said, go rogue... <laughs> It's still a great message. And then John shared on Sunday, you know, about the gifts, you know, that the Magi, the wise men brought. But when it comes to giving, God gave the greatest gift of all, his son. And we know this verse, and we need to know this verse, and we need to know it off by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Hallelujah. Anybody pleased about that? Anybody pleased about the two uh, verses in there? One, that he came, and two, that he didn't come to condemn us. Christ was and is and will always be the greatest gift mankind will ever receive. Amen. Amen. 
<laughs> Amen? Name a greater gift than salvation. Can anybody do that? I like motorbikes, but salvation comes before motorbikes. I love my wife, but salvation comes before selling in. But she's the second greatest gift that I was ever given. And men, if you've got a wife, you know, Adam didn't even know that he, what a wife was. But God looked at the man and said, he needs something else. <laughs> he needs a wife. And so that is the second greatest gift that we can receive is a wife. Amen? Oh, geez, me. <laughs> well, I believe it. <laughs> so does Alan. <laughs> Thanks. Sue, means, Sue told me that Alan does too. <laughs> to a believer, this gift of salvation is more precious than silver, gold, or anything else we may deem precious. Because most of that, or none of that, we can take with us. Giving good gifts is what God is all about. All right? And Christmas, we need to see some of these gifts. Most people, whether they believe in Jesus, like to give good gifts. And we honor God by doing so. Blessing others is a God characteristic. As the Bible tells us, all good things come from heaven. So it's interesting, though, at Christmas time, you don't have to just, just be born again to give good gifts. Many people do, but goodness comes from God. Goodness is a trait of God. So us, as we have Christ living in us, but there is still God in mankind because he created them. So goodness comes from God. So this morning I want to talk about a gift that came with baby Jesus. Have you ever bought something and found out it has extras or more stuff? You know, we were looking at uh, something in Noel Leeming and she was showing us and then she was saying, and it comes with this and this and this. All right, more stuff. Guys always might like more stuff, you know, when they get something. I don't know about ladies, but... And, and here Jesus comes, but he brought more stuff with him. Let's have a look at Luke 2, where it says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. For all the people, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared, and the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. We, the, the video and the song about the peace of God that we've just watched. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When Jesus came to earth, he brought peace. A peace that could only come from God. A peace that could be easily missed. In fact, today, many people miss the peace that he actually brings. Right through the Old Testament, Jesus' arrival was foretold. 
The clearest example found in Isaiah, written about 700 years before his birth, it said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Jews were expecting a king, someone who would rule and reign and conquer like the other kings and hopefully deal to the Romans who were occupying and ruling the land at that time. In Matthew, he said, though, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And even though there is a lot of good people all over the world working towards world peace, And good on them. We need those people. It appears that through Scripture that until the devil is bound forever in the lake of fire, world peace is actually an impossibility. There are way too many people still hungry for war, still wanting to kill others for a few dollars, still wanting to steal, kill, and destroy just because other people do not agree with them. World peace was not the peace Jesus brought. He brought a peace that lives within, one that bypasses evil men. And he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus knew we would have trouble. He knew everyone would have some kind of stress in their life. Most of the main characters, of course, in the Old and the New Testament had trials, Paul especially, and yet he said, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the peace he brought on Christmas morning resides in us. Remember what the host of heaven proclaimed, peace on those on whom his favor rests. His favor rests on you. I want to tell you that this morning. And he wants to tell you that. That was the purpose of this message. That his favor rests on you. Because why? He chose you. To be his son and to be his daughter. So you get the goodies. You get peace. Because his favor rests on you. You get the extras. Not only do you get Christ, you get his peace. Any amens to that? (laughs) But walking in his peace is another story. It is always available to us for every situation. Firstly, we need to know it exists. Secondly, we need to know it is a gift that is freely ours. Thirdly, we need to know that it's our choice to walk in it when times get tough. Because depending on our focus, it can be hidden. In this story found in Luke, I want you to ask yourself, who had peace? If we look at Luke 8, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all 
was calm. Same boat, same storm, exact same circumstances, but one of the occupants had complete faith in their heavenly father. It wasn't that it was just God, if you know what I mean. It wasn't just that it was just Jesus in the boat. It's that Jesus had faith in the father in the storm. So he wasn't worried. And do we have faith in our Father in the storms? Isaiah wrote, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. These are verses that somebody in this room may need today. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God. This verse is critical to anybody who goes through trials or troubles. And if you give me a show of hands, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody been through trials or troubles? Anybody not? (laughs) Give me a wave. Maybe there'll be less hands. But he doesn't say God's going to take us by the hand and skirt us around, does he? He doesn't say, I'm going to just jump you over the top at all. So this is a key verse. When you pass through the waters, it says, when you pass through the rivers, it will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. The peace of God is not wishy-washy. It's strong. It's powerful. It says, I trust in God no matter what. You know, it amazes me sometimes how far we can go through situations before we realize that we can have that peace and that is with us. You know, I just think when I was writing this, I was thinking about some stairs I used to go up when I was working at the, in the, I had an office in the West Church there. It was up some flight of stairs. And I can't remember how many times I tripped up going up those stairs. You'd have a bunch of boxes or something and you'd just be running up the stairs and you'd trip. And you'd hope that nobody would see you or hear you. But you know the clump it makes as you drop everything and trip up the stairs. And I, I'd become rushing down as well and just miss a step and, and end in a heap down the bottom. I can't remember how many times I actually did that over the years that I was there, but I learned to actually hold on to the, the handrail. <laughs> I just put my hand out on the handrail. I thought, I'm going to hold the handrail, you know, as a precaution. Not as I was getting older that I needed the handrail. <laughs> I just had more sense. <laughs> and it's a bit like that with God. You know, we rush through life and things happen, but we can just put our hand out and hold his hand. So it's the same with Christ. You can skip through life and have no thought of a savior. But when trouble comes, if not all, many people then put their hand out. You know, I receive regular mail from overseas giving accounts of people who can not obtain any peace from the rituals of their foreign gods. I don't know if you get that sort of mail. You know, they've got the foreign gods, but they've got no peace. And then... 
you know, a gospel for Asia or somebody, a pastor comes and visits them and they come to know Christ. And, and the transformation of having no peace and then peace in their situation is remarkable. Whether you're clinging to the hull of an upturned ship in a storm or lying in a trench with shells exploding all around or bills are stacking up that you can't pay. You know, you've just been given bad news from a doctor. A knock on your door late at night and there are two policemen standing there. You need a saviour. You know, I was asked to visit a family because the wife was not happy that the husband wasn't coming to church. She nagged and nagged and nagged, but he wouldn't come. She finally said to him, if you don't come to church, I'm leaving. It got to that point. Well, he didn't come to church. All right, and then she was in a predicament. Now she said she was going to leave. So she said, she asked me if I would give her a reference for a, a flat. She wanted a reference. I said, well, why are you leaving? And then she told me the story. I said, you've been very naughty. That's not what the word of God says. I said, but I tell you what, you need to go back and apologize to your husband and get back home where you belong with your children. Because I asked her, is he beating you? No. Does he drink? No. Does he got a job? Yes, he works hard. The only one thing was that he wouldn't come to church. Anyway, I said, once you're back, you invite me around. I'm happy to come and talk to your husband. Well, talking to him, he was uh, shipwrecked out, up, out of Whangarei there, and a large ship had tipped over, and him and some other men survived, and they were on the, on the hull. That man had a faith. He learned to pray, but he had it within him. He had a quiet faith. And it wasn't coming out by nagging, you know. I think quite a few people lost their lives in that, in that shipwreck. The Apostle Paul needed peace and bucket loads. It says here, he, but he wrote in Philippians, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, when you've asked the Lord to bring peace in your life, you will know that that verse is so true. It says, surpasses all understanding. It's beyond anything we can imagine. And I'm amazed, and I'm sure you are as well, at how that when God's peace does come into our life, it's imaginable. It's, it's hard to describe. It comes from somewhere, and yet it does what we ask it to do. Beyond anything we can imagine, the key is prayer. Talk to God about the situation. Tell him what you need and believe he's interested in listening to you. Thank him. Thank him for the situation, good or bad. Because in Proverbs 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. These are key verses to stepping into the peace of God. And then allow his peace to rest on you and listen to what he says. You know, I was talking to a, a man just this week, and he's going through some difficulties, and he said, I pray. I pray a lot. 
I pray. And I said to him, what's God saying to you? I don't know. So he's praying into the situation. He's praying into it. He's praying into it. But what's God actually saying to you about this? This could make it a lot easier. It's almost like we're doing our bit. We're doing our bit and waiting for God to do his bit. And God's just waiting to say, this is what I need you to do. It just might say, read this verse. It just might say such and such. You know what I mean? In that peace, in God's peace, he's not taking us out of the situation, but we need to hear his voice. If you're wanting the peace of God, you need to hear the voice of God. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we're going back to that verse, that he doesn't take us through the fire. If you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, literally stood in the fire with the safe assurance that God would look after them. Mary watched her son crucified with a peace that she treasured in her heart from before he was even born. And Stephen was at peace even when he was stoned to death. I know these are extreme examples, but we need to know that his peace will guard our hearts and our minds through every situation, the very moment we choose to trust in his word above our situation. We activate his peace. Worrying does not take away today's troubles, let alone tomorrow's, but it does take away today's peace. In Psalms we read, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Do you need peace today? Do you need an assurance for your situation? Because I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for the people in the room that need it. We're just going to close our eyes because this gift comes at Christmas. It comes all the year, but this extra came with baby Jesus. It came at Christmas time. So let's just pray. Let's just, you know the situation you're going through. You know the situation somebody else is going through if you're not going through something. So just close your eyes. Just listen. Lord, thank you that your peace comes to those who are favored by you. Thank you, dear Lord, that you remind us at Christmas time that you came with great joy. And Lord, I just pray for each person in this room that is going through trouble, trials, hardships, that you hold them by their right hand. And it will not overwhelm them. That your peace will come upon them as they rest in you. As they rest in your word. As they trust in you. 
as they trust in your word. So we pray for each one that that peace that surpasses all understanding will guard their heart. And it could even be the reason that they came this morning to receive that gift or be reminded of that free gift that you brought at your birth that was proclaimed from the highest heaven by the angelic forces. Let your peace rest on us today, we pray, in your precious name. Everybody said, Amen, Amen, Hallelujah. It's a gift. It's yours. Hold on to it. Hang on to it. Don't let it go. I just want to also just pray for anybody that has yet to ask Jesus into their heart. We're just coming to a close. We said it would just be 9 to 10. But if anybody's in this room that has yet to accept Jesus as their personal Savior, then you you have that chance to do it today. And I'll just get you to indicate to me uh, shortly But as we said, one of the verses that most Christians know off by heart now because we say it so much, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So that is available to you. He came to rescue you. He came because he loves you. He came because he wants you to be his son or his daughter. And he wants to do life with you. And even if though you've got, maybe you've mucked up. Maybe you've done stuff that you're ashamed of. Maybe you've done stuff that you, you know you shouldn't have done. He forgives you. He will forgive you today. If these are your sins, when you go out of here, that's what your sins can look like. Washed absolutely clean by the blood of Jesus. So anybody like to do that this morning? Like just indicate to me, just give me a wave and say, yes, pastor, I'd like to give my heart to you.